Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the NACF Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this Y series, because this week we're closing out the Y series. And if you're looking for a reason, you're looking for a sign as to why. The most, probably the most important episode, Pastor Parson speaks about God, you're my why. Hallelujah. I tell you, there's none like him. There's none like him. He is like no other as we go through where we're going through right now. There is a source of strength like no other. There's a source of joy and peace like no other. There's a source of love that is like no other. And he's reaching out to you today. Amen. As some of you may have heard, hopefully, that we're back down to uh, our skeleton crew today. But just for this week, I believe, um, as this epi- epidemic or this pandemic continues to grow in Nevada, uh, actually, we've had um, probably more members uh, that have been positive for the virus than we've had all this time, just in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and so we just want to make sure that our staff is clear. There are some that um, that have had contact with um, with so, with someone that uh, tested positive, with members that tested positive. So we're just making sure all the staff is clear. Um, the way we have everything set up, uh, I don't see how there's any way you can catch it at church if we do what we're supposed to do. So we're distancing, we're wearing masks, um, we're not coming in if we're sick, and uh, nobody has a temperature. And so we're doing the things that we need to do. Um, but I, just in case something goes down and the staff has to interact with you, I want to make sure all of our staff is clear and everybody will be clear uh, by next week uh, to know that uh, that we are available if we do have to minister to you in some way. So this is just a, the one week I'll talk to the pastors, but I believe we will be back on uh, next week. But there is a word from the Lord. Yeah. And uh, we're here to give that word today. As long as there's a microphone, I'm going to preach. If I would have had to preach from home, I'm going to preach from home. As long as there's breath in my body and it's my turn, I'm going to preach. Y'all know me. And there is a word from the Lord. So we're going to go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 13 through 15 in the New International Version. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13 through 15 in the New International Version. And it reads... If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who should who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again our topic this afternoon is you're my why somebody say god you're my why i am really i'm like pastor ronda i am so excited today because i get to preach about my favorite subject my favorite subject, I believe, is intimacy with God. 
because everything, every purpose, every call, every change begins and ends with our relationship with God. The Bible says for of him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. So to Sun, this is a Sunday that we're ending our series called Why. Our series called Why. And here at New Antioch, let's start from the top. Here at New Antioch, you can meet Jesus. Uh-huh. Change your life yeah. and find your purpose. So 2018, we spent the entire year meeting Jesus. And we I'm still meeting sides of him today, Sharonda. I'm still learning new things about Jesus. Yeah. In 2019, we spent the year changing our lives. And I don't know about you, but I'm still changing my life today. I still got changes going on in my life today. In 2020 is about finding purpose and walking in that purpose. And this is also an ongoing process. So we started the year with born identity in search for who you are. And I found out this year that I was positive, that I was a champion, that I am grown, uh, that I am the church, I'm the exception, I am authentically me, and that not only do I have a gift, but that I am a gift, and then that makes me a giver. So I pray that all of you have found yourself this year. But once we had a confirmation of who we were, then we looked at why we were, why we were chosen, why we've been sent, why have we been given purpose, why me, why now, why this, why here, and a whole list of why questions that surrounded our purpose and our call. But I find, James, that when it comes to purpose, Uh it's interesting the reactions that you get from the people who are the called. Okay. It's, it's a little interesting. The reaction that you get from the called. Because see, when you really get a glimpse of what God is asking you to do and what it will take and what it might cost you, if you weren't you and you could be on the outside of you looking in at you, you might ask yourself the question, why in the world would you do that? Why in the world would you do that? Who who does that? Uh-huh. I, I'm sure if we were on the outside looking in at Noah, and, and Noah, you get some some vision, some word to build a boat in the middle of nowhere, and you haven't haven't even ever seen a flood, and then you're gonna build this big old boat and put in two two alligators, right. two elephants, uh-huh. two camels. Right. Two bears, two lions. Why in the world would you do that? I'm sure if you you talk to Moses, Moses, they was chasing you last time you were in Egypt. That's a fact. And you're gonna go back there with nothing but a stick and a stutter (laughs) and tell this man to let all his slaves go because some god you just met told you to tell him that. Who? Why in the world? Would you do that? David, you're going to roll up on this nine-foot giant with nothing in your hand but a rag and a rock and throw where this guy got armor, this guy got a big old spear that he can throw at you from from yards away, and you're going to go throw rocks at him. Why in the world would you do that? Elijah, you're going to challenge 450 prophets of Baal 
and you're going to tell him to drench the altar and you're going to stand on the mountain and call down, you think you're going to call down fire from heaven. Why in the world would you do that? Esther, you got a maid. You, you got a good job. You, you in there with the king and, and, and you got your palace and, and you know good well if you roll up on the king and, and he haven't called for you that he's going to kill you. Esther, baby, why in the world would you do that? Joseph, this chick comes at you talking about she didn't have a dream and she pregnant by the Holy Ghost and you going to marry her anyway because you had a bad dream the other night and somebody told you to marry her and then chase her all around the country. Joseph, why in the world would you do that, Peter, if you don't know nothing else? You know how water works, boy. You're a fisherman. You know how water works and you know how a storm works. What in the world would make you think you could jump out of a boat and walk on water because you see some ghost that look like Jesus talking about come on out here Peter why in the world would you do that Paul you had a good government job you had a good everybody loved you you running around and they're giving you the opportunity to bring everybody back to Judaism and now just something slap you off your horse you get up talking about that Jesus is a Christ the son of the living God and putting yourself in danger why in the world would you do that Naida you got a good government job too you make six figures boo why in the world would you leave your job talk about you gonna pastor somebody's church why in the world would you do that Naida baby who does that the bottom line, I'm going to give y'all the bottom line right now. Uh -huh. The bottom line of everything we've talked about this year. The bottom line of every sermon that you have heard this year is that we do what we do because we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. Yeah. The bottom line. Mm -hmm. The other bottom line is this. If you won't do what you're called to do is because you don't love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the bottom line. God, you're my why. You're the reason Noah did it. You're the reason Moses did it. You're the reason David and Elijah did it. You're the reason that Joseph did it. You're the reason Peter did it. Because what Peter did, when he got out there, all Peter wanted to know is, Lord, if it's you. That ought to be, that should have hit somebody right there. That when you get that calling on your life, all you need to know is, Lord, is it you? Glory to God. Peter said, if this is you, I'm getting out of this boat and I'm going to walk on water if it's you. But Paul said it like this in our text. He says, for the Christ's love compels us. Or the King James Version, for the love of Christ constrains us. Compels us, constrains us. That word is the Greek word, uh, seneco. Seneco. Seneco means to hold together, to compress or to arrest. It means to compel, constrain, to hold, to keep in, to press, to be in a strait, to be taken with. In other words, what Paul is saying is the love of Christ holds me together with my purpose. Okay. 
It compresses me into my purpose. His, his love has arrested me. His, I'm, I'm compelled by this love. I'm, I'm constrained by it. It holds me. It keeps me in. It has me pressed into purpose. Do I have anybody that's been pressed into purpose? It, 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 I'm in a strait. I'm in a strait. Sharonda, I can't get away from it. Why do we say yes to our purpose? Why do we do such difficult and inconvenient things? Why do we keep trying? Why do we keep showing up? Why do we quit every Sunday night and get right back in on Monday? Why am I going back to school? Why am I taking ministry classes? Why do I get out in this heat witnessing? Why am I fasting for people who won't even fast for themselves? Why would we have a whole night prayer meeting? Why are we dealing with people? Why in the world do we keep fooling with ungrateful and unstable teenagers? Why would I miss church to be back in the children's ministry? Why do I keep Renee? Why you keep coming back down to this church? Why do y'all keep rehearsing and sacrificing when Y'all not getting paid to do this. Paul said, here's our why. It's our intimate love relationship with Christ that compels us. It's the intimate love relationship with Christ. It compels us. It keeps me pulled in. It holds me in a straight. It's like I'm in a straight jacket of love. And when I pull away, it just pulls me back in. His love constrains me. His love compels me. There is an intimate relationship with God that should be your motivation for your purpose. Your deepest motivation for your purpose is your intimate relationship with God. Now, some of you are just religious. And it makes you feel better to serve. Some of you have been in contact with a good leader. And so you've been influenced to serve. Some of you really just like it. Serving just fits your personality. But when it comes to walking in a purpose that takes you out of your comfort zone. When it comes to walking in a purpose and it gets hard and you experience a failure or you experience embarrassment or you encounter spiritual warfare or you encounter a rejection, I'm telling you that only an intimate love relationship with Christ is going to compel you to stay in purpose. If you really love people, that'll take you a long way. But it's not going to hold you when people offend you and reject you and hurt you or when they betray you. Let me tell you this. If you can quit and walk away from something that God told you to do, then you're not in love enough with him for his love to constrain you. I'm gonna say that again. If you can quit and walk away from something that you know God told you to do, then you don't have enough love for him for it to constrain you. Because purpose can get tough. Every yes is not an easy yes. Matter of fact, Paul said later in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, now this is chapter 5, when he talks about the love of Christ compels us. He gets over to chapter 11, and he'll tell you what ministry's been about for him. He said, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes and minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a day and a night in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger 
from the Gentiles in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger in the sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and I've been naked. And besides all of that, I'm daily under the pressure, the pressure, the pressure of my concern about you church folk. And I look at Paul and I say, man, and you still preaching? You still teaching? You still writing? You still going on missions? You still evangelizing? Who does that? Why in the world would you do that? Yeah. Well, he let you know in chapter 5 is my intimate love relationship with Christ that compels me. He's got me under arrest. Paul said, I'm a prisoner of this day. He said, woe to me if I don't preach this gospel. I'm tied to purpose because I love him. Paul said, I'm glad to do it. He's my God. He's my friend. He's my reason. Now let me park here. Because most of you have a purpose that's not even hard for you to do. God is not calling us to the extreme. There's a handful of people that get called to the extreme. Paul was called to the extreme. Okay, I buy that. But most of y'all not even called to the extreme. Most of us could please God with just a little inconvenience and stretching out on faith and just getting it done. No one's trying to kill you. Ain't nobody trying to kill you. And still we're struggling with these things that God is calling us to do. Now some of you do have to give up more than others, but whatever it is, it's not even an extreme thing that God is calling most of us to do. And the love of Christ should compel you. Jesus is my why, y'all. Somebody say it again. God, God, you're my why. So let me let you in. God told me to share this with you. I'm going to let you all in on my love relationship with God. And I'm kind of weird. I'm strange. It's weird, teacher, but it works for me. And so me and God go on these dates, usually every Friday. And, and why we're on the date, it's, it's about our love relationship. It's about developing relationship with him. And so every now and then, he'll have me to play some secular songs, some secular love songs. And, and, and sometimes um, I, he'll tell me a song, and I don't think that song's going to fit. And uh, so uh, I'll I, I play them anyway and say, okay, God, I don't know how this song fits us, but okay. And most of the time, it, it, all the time, it ended up ministering to me. I usually end up crying around that. I know y'all don't see me cry very much, but every now and then he'll make me play a song and I'll end up crying or I end up laughing and sometimes it's both. And so a couple months ago, I'm driving and we're on our date together and God says to me to play All of Me by John Legend. So let me give you the backdrop of the song. The song is really about intimacy. And when you're intimate with someone, you can say things to them that they would be offended if anybody else said. You know, there's some things your spouse can say to you and you're all right, but somebody else said it'd be an issue. And you know, there's some things you can say to your kids, but, but the other lady down the street can't say that same thing to your kids. That, there's something about intimacy, that there's an understanding between you that gives a depth to the meaning of the statement that you just said. And the two of you kind of understand that so they can say some stuff other people can't say. So that, that's the backdrop. So the song starts out, what would I do without your smart mouth? Drawing me in and you kicking me out. You got my head spinning, no kidding. I kidding, I can't pin you down. I know y'all radio ain't that same. Y'all know this song. 
<laughs> What's going on in that beautiful mind? I'm on your magical mystery ride, and I'm so dizzy. Don't know what hit me, but I'll be all right. So I'm listening to the song, and I say, okay. Like, okay, God, this is us. Now, is this you talking to me, or is this me talking to you? And, and, and I felt like that first part of the song, it felt like it was me singing to him. And, and so I'm like, from a place of reverence, I can't say stuff like that to you. But from a place of intimacy, from a place, if I, if I come from my place of intimacy, God does have a smart mouth. <laughs> yeah, he do. I don't got anybody that's been intimate with God. God, God do have a smart mouth. He has said some really sarcastic stuff to me. God ever said some sarcastic stuff to me? Like one time God was trying to get me not, he was getting me to go not drink soda and drink water. And I don't like water. I got to stop saying that because I keep putting that in the atmosphere. At the time, I, just, I really hated water. And so I'm drinking, I'm forcing myself to drink this water. And I say, God, just complaining. God, I don't like water. It doesn't taste like anything. And God says to me, of course not, Naida. It's water. Right, 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 right. That part. God got a smart mouth. But we'll also move now into our time of giving our time of giving tithe. Tithing, we believe here, is for worship is only. It is a part of our worship. It is a part of what we do in our obedience just to show God that we are obedient and that we love Him. There are three ways that you can give to our guests that have joined in. We are grateful that you are here and welcome into this place. You too also can give as those give that are members of our ministry. Three ways to give. You can give online at Leontay.org. Push the donate button and follow the prompts. Second way you can give is through text. Text 77977 to Antioch. All one word and follow those prompts. And then you can also give through the standard mail system. Our address will, will be in the comments. It's 2550 Nature Park Drive, North Las Vegas, Nevada, 89084. We are grateful for those who continue to give, grateful for your obedience in giving. Hey, one time, I'm just on the, I'm a, James, I just, I, was, I was just on the side of my bed, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And he says to me, I don't know why you're sitting here crying, saying yes, when you know, when you get up off your knees, you're going to go do exactly what you want to do. Yikes. I got up, Tiffany. Yikes. Because he was absolutely right. He said, he said some smart mouth stuff to me. And, and like the song says, I don't know what I would do without the mouth of God. I don't know what I would do without his smart mouth. I love everything about him. And, and he does keep my head spinning. And I can't pin him down. And I'm not the only one that's had that relationship. Job had that relationship. David had that relationship. Paul, they all had that experience with them. God, you got our head spinning. Like we can't pin you down. Job and David have been known to say, look, what you're talking to me right now? These things are too wonderful.
difficult for me. They are too big for me. I can't even grasp where you're at right now. Paul said, oh man, oh the depth of the riches of both the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Paul said, I, I can't pin him down. He he's got my head spinning. And yes, God does have me on a mystery ride. I don't know what he's doing sometimes. And sometimes he'll move things so fast in your life, it'll make you dizzy. Like, God, what are you doing now? But you're so in love with him. You trust him so much that in the midst of all that, you're all right. The song said, my head's underwater, but I'm breathing fine. Oh, I can just really relate to that line. My head's are ever since he called me. My head feel like my head is underwater. But you know what? Because I trust him, I'm breathing fine. Because when you stretch out on faith, when you get out there in deep water with God, just trusting him and not knowing where he's taking you, not knowing why he's taking you this way, you're not knowing what he's going to do, but your relationship with him gives you such a peace and you just rest in him. I get that part. My head's underwater, but I'm breathing fine. Then the song said, you're crazy and I'm out of my mind. I said, wait a minute, God. Now this don't fit us. This, this don't fit us. God said, yes it does. He said, I tell you some crazy stuff. I, I, I told you, you in your intimacy you can say stuff. He said, I have told those who are in intimate relationship with me some crazy stuff. I've already told you about Noah and Moses and David and Elijah. The list goes on. Just read your Bible. God says some crazy stuff. He said, from your perspective, if I was human, you would tell me I was crazy. If I was human and told you some of the stuff that I tell you, you would tell me I was crazy. And then for you to go ahead and do it, you out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's good. You're crazy, God. And I'm getting ready to do it. You're out of here. When we say in mental health, you know, uh, uh, if you say something crazy and, and they are going to do it, then we ask who's crazier, the person who said it or the person who just did what the crazy person told them to do. You're crazy and I'm out of my mind. You just said something crazy and here I go to do what you just said. Here I go repeating what you just said. Here I go, Sharon, he tell you something crazy and you got the nerve to tell people that he told you that. He told me to say this. He told me to be this. And so when I was working on this message and I was doing my research, he sends me out to find this scripture that says the love of Christ constrains us. I know that's what it said in the King James Version, but some kind of, I don't know how I knew that it said in the New International, the love of Christ compels us. So I'm looking for the scripture and, and the scripture is in 2 Corinthians 5 and 14, the love of Christ compels us. And then I looked up though at verse 13 and it said, if we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. I had to crack up. I had no idea that scripture was in there like that. Because me, me and God had this conversation about he crazy and I'm out of my mind. And I look in the Bible and God said the same thing. I tell y'all God is real. He, he's real. It's like, God, I, you knew that scripture's in there. I didn't even know that scripture's in there. I don't remember reading it like that. It don't read like that in the King James Version. It said, you, you, if we are out of our mind. Yeah, Paul had said the same thing. Yeah. We are out of our mind. It looks a little like this. This over here, this is God talking. 
And then this is me walking mm -hmm. to do what he just said. You're crazy. And here I go doing it. I must be out of my mind. And you, shy, quiet, great second person, have no leadership skills. You tell me something crazy. Leave your denomination and go start your own church. You're crazy. But uh, my secretary, Sister Tara, we get ready to start a church. I'm out of my mind. Get to the church. And he said, not only do I want you to quit your job, but I want you to start a second church. You're crazy. Yeah. But let me get my resignation together. I'm out of my mind. He says, now you're 60 years old, looking to retire, ready to turn this stuff over to y'all people. And then some things didn't work out. Okay, let me build these people up. I'll be out in a few years. And then you say, not only are we going to build that church, but plant another church. You're crazy. Yeah, we're getting ready to build another church and we're going to plant another church. I am out of my mind. For some of you, quit your job, but <laughs> and then you turn around and quit your day. You are out, out of, of your mind. Go back to school in your forties. That hit you again, didn't it? Go back to school in your forties. You're crazy. But let me register. I'm out of my mind. Adopt these kids. I got a house full of kids. You want me to adopt more kids? Adopt again? Put some more kids in my house? You're crazy. But let me go fill out these papers because I'm out of my mind. Go start a business. Start a business in the middle of a pandemic, matter of fact. Nice. You're crazy. But let me go get this business license. I'm out of my mind. Go on a mission. Matter of fact, quit your job because y'all can go live in another country for two years. You're crazy. But let me get my passport. I'm out of my mind. Why in the world would you do that? Why? Because you're my why. Because all of me loves all of you. I love your curves and all your edges, God. All your perfect imperfections. Now, wait a minute, God, again. Now, God, if I'm singing this to you, you have no imperfections. So how does this song fit us? He said, the song said perfect imperfections. He said, I am perfect. But you all don't think so. Y'all don't think so. But if you're going to walk in an intimate love relationship with me, you're going to have to accept all of me. Now this is for all of you that think you know more than God, that are trying to figure God out. He said, you got to accept all of me, even the parts of me you don't like. He said, in your humanness and in your, you experience these things about me that you don't like, you're not calling it imperfections. You may not say that I'm imperfect, but you're experiencing it that way. Because you have been so angry with me. Who am I talking to? You have been so angry with me. 
You've been angry about what I've allowed in your life. God said, tell them that in order for me to completely be their why, in order for them to walk in intimacy with me, tell them they're going to have to love all of me. All of me. Even the ugly side of God. And I said, wait a minute, God. I can't tell these people that you got an ugly side. Y'all, I don't make this stuff up. He tells me what to tell y'all. And sometimes I argue with him. They're like, I cannot tell these people that there's an ugly side to God. You're God. You're perfect in all your ways. I, I can't tell these people there's an ugly side of God. He says, Psalms, Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 and 2 said, he has no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Let me tell you in the NIV, some, Isaiah, I'm sorry, Isaiah 53 in the New International Version. It said he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised. And we held him in low esteem. He said there is an ugly side of God. It's the side of him that we don't like. It's the side of him that our flesh doesn't like. It's the side of him that required the kind of death, that, that of the death on the cross. There, there is a, a side of him that lets you know there is a hell. And that lots of folk are going to choose to go there. The side of him that allows things that you wouldn't have allowed. He'll let stuff burn up so he can bring the beauty out of the ashes. You know, all of those things that we don't understand about God, we don't agree with about God. That's the ugly side of God from at least our perspective. All those sins that he won't accept, but we don't see nothing wrong with it. All those behaviors that he rejects, and we consider a rejection of us. A loving God wouldn't reject me because this is just how I am. And we see it as rejecting the people that we love. How could God reject them? And he's just rejecting what they do. You know, all the consequences for sins that we think God should let aside and we have, and he allow us to live the consequences of our sin. God, all that ugly stuff that you don't like about me, you got to accept all of me. Not just the parts that your finite brain can understand. It trips me out how people are so philosophical, how they've just thought something out. You have made an idol about of your own intellectualization and you think you'd have figured out God. Your finite brain cannot understand the greatness of God. So you may see them as imperfections, but they're perfect yeah. imperfections. I love all his curves and all his edges. God can be a little edgy. <laughs> anybody, anybody talk to him lately? God can be a little edgy sometimes. All his perfect imperfections. Now, this next part of the song was definitely my testimony. It says, give your all to me. God, I give my all to you. You're my end and my beginning. Even when I lose, I'm winning. Because I give you all of me, and you give me all of you. And then the song went on, and now it's not me singing to God, Sharonda. Now God is singing to me. And, and Tisha, when he starts singing to me, I lost it Come on. on the second part of this song. 
So now he's singing to me. He says, how many times do I have to tell you? Even when you're crying, you're beautiful too. The world is beating you down. I'm around through every mood. Anybody got some moods? <laughs> Anybody been some moods? God said, I'm around through every mood. You're my downfall. You're my muse. My worst distraction. My rhythm and blues. I can't stop singing. It's ringing in my head for you. And I'm like, how could I be his downfall? Because he was chilling in heaven. But I brought him down here. <laughs> I was his downfall. He had to have us. He, he had to come get us. He, he had to come save us. We are his weak spot. We are his distraction. You know what I mean? We are his distraction. Every time he hears our cry, every time he hears our prayer, every time we get in trouble, we grab his attention from the universe and he begins to pay attention to us. We are God's greatest distraction. His song says, and I can't stop singing. It's ringing in my head for you. He sings over me. I'm talking about intimacy. Y'all got to know this God that is this much in love with you. He sings over me. How God sings over me? Don't believe it? Zephaniah 317. Zephaniah 3.17 says, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you, in his love. He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. God sings over me. Oh, man. And so my head's underwater, but I'm breathing fine. You're crazy, and I'm out of my mind. And so now he's flipping it. Jesus left heaven because we were crazy. Come on. And when he got down here, his family told him, you're out of your mind. <laughs> but he did it because all of me, Jesus saying, all of me loves all of you. I love your curves and all your edges and all your perfect imperfections. We may not be perfect, but we're perfect for our purpose. We're perfect for what God called us to do. And he has given us some perfect imperfections. He likes that. He, like, he takes all of you. He takes all of us. He takes all. He loves all of me. And so he's saying to you today, give your all to me. And I'll give my all to you. Because you're my end and my beginning. Even when I lose, I'm winning. What would that mean for you? He said, on the cross... Even when it looked like he was losing, yeah. he was winning because he was buying us back to him. And so Paul says, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. We are convinced. He's my wife because, because I am convinced that he died for me. And when he died, I died. And when he rose, I rose. And he died for all. So that those of us who live now, he says, should no longer live for themselves. We're not living for ourselves anymore because we died with him. He took my death penalty. My life was over. But he died for me. And he rose up to a new life for me. He said, don't live for yourself, but live for him who died for them and was raised again. And so God, you're my wife. So in the message I was saying, well, God, this is easier for women to relate to, especially, you know, women that are straight, because we can relate to being in love. Mm -hmm. 
with a man. And it's not that God is a man in that sense. God is spirit. He's not male in the sense of genitalia. He, he, he's male in, in the sense of him being the progenitor. And so he's presented to us in our men, mind. He's presented to us in, as a male. And so it's easier for women to worship and to cry and to fall in love with him and to have this kind of intimacy with him because that's already in our mindset. But I say, God, how do I get men to want this kind of relationship with you? A lot of them don't have fathers, but those of you that have fathers, you really see him that way. You know, this is my dad that, that I want to make him proud, and I love him, and he loves me, and, and, and we have this, 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 this relationship. But if you can't relation, relate to him as a father, then men try to relate to him as a brother. If you ever had a brother that was your guy, that was your ride or die, that, that you know would do whatever for you, then you can relate to him because Jesus really is your elder brother. He, he, you guys have the same father, and, and he is a brother to you. You can be a best friend if you got a best friend. You know, sometimes when men bond, they really bond stronger than women do. And so if you got a best friend, relate to him. Here's Jesus. Here's my best friend. Here is our intimate. Intimacy. Women call it bromance. I don't know if men use the word bromance because it's too much. We have romance, they have bromance. But uh, it, but whoever that guy friend that you have, uh, that guy friend, he said if they can't relate to that, let them relate to the military. In the military, those guys they 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 sleep together, they train together, they fight together. They're not gonna leave each other behind. There's a brotherhood that comes when you're serving in the military. Somebody tell them tell them in, tap in on that. This is my soldier. This is my comrade. He got my back, and I have his back. Or if you haven't been in the military, God said, tell him about a frat. Frat brothers are like that. You, all you got to be is my frat brother. I may not have even met you, but if you call me, I'm going to come to your rescue. And the frat brothers, they, they've gone through that line together. We've been in line together. We crossed over together, and you're my brother. They said, tap into that. And if you don't know about military, if you don't know about frat, then she said, tell the other brothers if they ever been in a gang. The gang, the gang, the gang, the gang is my family. I'll die for the gang. I, yeah, I'm not going to leave. If you hit my gang, I got to hit you back. If you speak against my gang, you're, yeah, however you need to do it. But as a man, if you're going to walk in purpose, you will need something that constrains you. You're going to need something that compels you. You're going to have to have that relationship with God. That intimate love relationship with God, however it can make you work. Yes. So God, you're my why. The bottom line of this whole six months is for us to get to the place that we know what our why is. We have a purpose, we have a call, and we have a reason. God, you're my why. You're the God who turns my morning into dancing. You're the God who gives me beauty for my ashes. You're the God who turns my shame into glory. You're the God who turns my grave into a garden. you my God that turns bones into an army. You're the God that turns a sea into a highway. You're my why. You're the God that turns my pain into purpose. You're my God that turns fear into fight. You're the God that turns failure into a championship, that turns a test into a testimony, that turns my anxiety into a victory. You're my why. You're my end and my beginning. You're my savior and my Lord. You're my father and my friend. You're my master and my pastor. You're my joy and my strength. You're my peace and my soul. You're my why. You're the lover of my soul. You're the lifter of my head. You're the forgiver of my sins. You're the healer of my hurts. You're my melody and you're my music. You're my reason. You're my why. And before we leave here, let me take you back to the text. And he died 
for all. He died a horrible death for all of us. Jesus, why in the world would you do that? And he says, because we were his wife. He said, that's back at you, baby. You're my why. You're my why. And I didn't give the praise team this song to sing, but he's my reason for everything. He is my song. He is my melody. And somebody said a song, you're the reason why I sing. You're the reason even why I sing. Someone asked the question, why do we sing? When we lift our hands to Jesus, what do we really mean? Someone may be wondering, when we sing our song, at times we may be crying, and nothing's even wrong. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow. That's the reason why I sing. Glory, hallelujah. You're the reason. You're the reason why.
today. For everyone that you have called. For everyone who you're tapping on the shoulder. Telling them it's time to get to purpose. It's time to walk in purpose. God, they may be hesitating. But God, I ask you to let this word convict their hearts today. That you are their reason why. That the love of God constrains them. Holy Spirit, stir their heart. Stir their mind. Take away all of their excuses in the name of Jesus. Why they don't need another reason but you, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against everything that comes against purpose. Stir them where they are right now. God, some of them are drifting, some of them are getting used to being out of church, some of them are used to being out of ministry, some of them haven't ministered since they've been in this pandemic. But God, I ask you to shake them up right now. Let the love of God constrain them, love of God reach out to them, love of God tap them on the shoulder. Jesus. So God, we say yes. The love of God makes us say yes. You make me say yes. God, I'll do it for you. If I didn't do it for anybody else, for you, Jesus, for you, for you, I'll do it. It's about you. My soul does love you, Jesus. My soul love you. Hallelujah. My soul love you. I'm constrained. I'm compelled. I'm under arrest because my soul loves you, Jesus. God, and if they don't love you like that, begin to stir your love in them. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, let them begin to grow in their love for you. God, I need you to do it for them. Help us to love you like you deserve to be loved. In the mighty name of Jesus. And I declare their walk in purpose. I declare they'll stay in. I speak to the one who's ready to leave their church right now, but you told them to stay. I speak to the one that's trying to leave ministry and switch off, and you told them to stay. I talk to the one that you have told them some things to do, and they've been procrastinating. They've been lazy about it. I speak to their spirit right now, and Holy Spirit, I ask you to grab them, arrest them, compel them. The world is in need of our purpose. The world is in need of our word. The world is in need of our ministry. God, in the name of Jesus, let this word settle on them. Let it rest on them. Don't let them sleep with it, God, until they say yes. And when it's yes, it's yes, 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 yes. A perpetual yes in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. Father, the name of Jesus. Now, there are those of you who need this kind of relationship with God. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that a love relationship with Jesus Christ is absolutely the most wonderful thing you can have in your life. I love being in love with Him. I love my relationship with God. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And really going to heaven is really all about being in relationship with him. The Bible says there are going to be some people in heaven. And they're going to think that they knew God all around. And he's going to say, I never knew you. In other words, I never had a really relationship with you. Some of you just been coming to church, hanging out in church. Some of you think you have a belief in God, but you don't have relationship. You have no idea what it's like. For what I just told you today, you've never had that kind of relationship. God is calling you to that today. He wants.
wants to know you and he wants you to know him in an intimate relationship. And so you need to accept him today. You need to accept him or rededicate your life to him today. And so say this prayer with me and let's get this thing started. I gotta get you started on this relationship. And we'd love for you to be part of New Antioch Christian Fellowship because here we're learning how to walk in that kind of relationship with God. I can help you walk in that kind of relationship with God if you would just come on and let's start. So pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I want to be in relationship with you. Forgive me for everything I've done wrong and come into my heart and I'll serve you for the rest of my life. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you have prayed that prayer, your relationship with God has just popped off. He is committed to you. He is committed to loving you into this very place that I've been talking to you about today. And those of you that have drifted away, those of you that need to rededicate, we're starting over today. We are starting a reset right now. And so we would want to we want to help you to live that. There's a book that I'd like you to have. And so if you just put in the comment section where you're watching right now, if you put in that section that you want this book, it is called Salvation 101, Being Saved, and, and it, it'll help you on this journey to begin to develop a relationship with God. If you're watching out on YouTube, uh, give us a call. Go to newantioch.org. Go to newantioch.daliante.org and contact us. We do want to make sure that you get a hold of this book. And then come on and be a part of us. We'd love to have you as part of our ministry. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you all. I do want to tell you that what we're going to be doing, I'm going to start a new Bible study that's called a summer reset. Some of us, we've been on, some of you have been on pause during this pandemic, and when you pause something and then you push the button again, it just starts from where it left off. But how many of you don't need to start where you left off? Somebody needs a reset. And somebody needs to go all the way back and reset themselves. And so we're going to do a summer reset to get us reset as we move forward, as we get back to life, even in the midst of everything that's happening, pandemic and protest and all political stuff, we need to reset ourselves. And so every Wednesday at 8 a.m. on the main New Antioch Christian Fellowship page, uh, we'll be having Bible study called Summer Reset at 8 a.m. on Wednesdays, and then back on Wednesday night at 6 p.m. And if you miss them, you can go back and see them. They'll stay on the page. At 6 p.m., we'll have 30 minutes of prayer, and then we'll go into our Bible study. But don't try to skip prayer, because if prayer is over 620, you're going to miss 10 minutes if you try to skip prayer. Don't skip prayer. You need to be in prayer with us. Uh -huh. And I think this week we're going to start with a spiritual excellence. And what I'm going to be teaching on is being spiritually excellent, physically fit, mentally stable, I'm sorry, emotionally stable, mentally sound, uh, relationally fruitful, uh, financially set. And we're just going to go through these things and reset ourselves, reset our finances, reset our physical bodies, reset our prayer life. Somebody need a reset on their prayer life under their study because you're doing it, but it's not excellent. And we're going to teach you how to do that. Uh, every Wednesday at 8 and at 6 p.m. on New Antioch Christian Fellowship page. Not this page, uh, but I do believe it's going to be reposted later even on this page, correct? Uh, it'll be 
this page. Come live with me. That way you can ask your questions and we can have a little back and forth. I'm so excited about spending that time with you. Amen. Don't forget your giving. NewAntioch.Aliante.org. If this message blessed you today, go ahead and sow into this ministry. We are good ground. We also are here on this page every, uh, every morning at 7 a.m. for prayer. We love to have you be part of that. God bless you. We love you. God loves you best. Amen. And we'll see you. We'll be back uh, inviting people. I'm sure we'll be back next week inviting people. If that, if you get a call, we'll call you if you if it's time for you to come back. Uh, if you have not signed up to come back to services, you need to sign up. You can go to our website, uh, New Antioch Aliante, uh, at our website, or on this page. Somebody will post it to this page uh, so how you can go in and um, sign up to come back to services in July. And we just call you and say, it's your Sunday to come. We're going to take 50 at a time. And then when it's your Sunday to come, we'll give you a call. We can't wait to see you again. We will social distance. We will sanitize when we come in. We will wear masks. And it's going to be really, I don't understand. I don't see how you're going to be able to catch the virus if we come to church, if we do everything the way that we're supposed to do. It is working. Uh, amen. And so we uh, thank God for that. And we hopefully will see many of you back here next week. So my brothers and sisters, finally, farewell. Be perfect. Be of one mind. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind and live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Greet one another with a holy wave. We're waving at you and all the saints here salute all of you. And so may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. We'll see you next week. central campus at newantioch.org that's n-e-w-a-n-t-i-o-c-h dot org or for our Aliante campus you can visit us at newantioch-aliante.org that's n-e-w-a-n-t-i-o-c-h dash a-l-i-a-n-t-e if you'd like to sow a seed into this ministry you can do so by texting New Antioch to 77977 for Aliante Campus or for Central Campus at New Antioch Central at 77977. Thank you.